I remember when I first started working with teams on set and struggling to express what I needed to be successful. And my worst trait as a photographer is that my problem-solving face can sometimes look like I'm a deer in headlights. Or at least that's what I'm told. In fact, a big part of my improvement as a photographer has to do with developing my communication skills and building relationships. Both have such a huge impact on my photos. And I think that they are two things that most photographers overlook. Famed photographer Alfred Einstein once said, it is more important to click with people than to click the shutter. And I agree. This is part two of a four-part series about little things done well. And I'm gonna talk about how communication and relationships are catalysts for great photos. Hey, it's Matt, and welcome to the Photo ProVenture Vlogcast. Let's get into it. Before we jump in, I wanna make it clear that I'm not a communications or relationships expert, and I'm still striving to become better at both. What I do know is that both have been incredibly fertile ground for my own growth, and I see how they make a concrete difference to my photos. For me, it starts with enrolling others in my vision. To enroll someone is more than asking them for help. It's inspiring and motivating them to be a part of my project. Of course, there are times that I reach out to people and I get crickets. But I'm always thinking about what I need to say and who I need to be to get people on board. Everyone is motivated by different things. So here are some of the ingredients I use to enroll collaborators. Number one, passion and enthusiasm. If I'm not excited about my project, how can I expect anyone else to be? Number two, novelty. Is the shoot offering something new or something they haven't considered? How can I keep it fresh and unique to me? Number three, relatedness. This is all about creating a human connection and understanding what makes the other person tick. Getting related will help me understand what's important to them, which leads to number four, value. Potential partners should be able to see value in it for themselves. It could be growth, fun, creativity, money, or whatever motivates them. So I use my understanding of what motivates them to frame the opportunity. Number five, resonance. Framing is all about creating a compelling story that invites someone else to see themselves as part of the journey. Can I tell you exactly what I'll write or say in these situations? No, because each project and individuals involved are different. Once I have collaborators on board, I wanna create an environment that fosters collaboration and success. To do this, I need to build a relationship with the people I work with. Often I get to meet the creative and production crew beforehand in planning meetings, but I'm not always as lucky with talent. There are times when I need to create a relationship on a compressed timeline like when I meet talent on the day of the shoot and I have to start shooting right away. When I can, I request some FaceTime with the talent during pre-production so that the shoot date isn't their first time meeting me. I find that this can really help 
to minimize any jitters and jumpstart how comfortable they are on set. When thinking about the relationships I want to build, I like to think about two things that I believe underpin a successful creative relationship, connection and trust. For each of these, I have four ways of being that bring them to life. For connection to be present, I need to, number one, be myself. I am both fortunately and unfortunately who I am. The more authentic and real I am, the more likely others will be comfortable being themselves. The magic that I'm drawn to and look to create are moments of authentic self-expression. Number two, be curious. Consider that it may be more important to be interested than it is to be interesting. I love getting to know more about people, what's important to them, and what makes them tick. I'll often use those things that I learn and I'll weave them into the direction that I give talent. It helps me bring out that authentic expression and moments of emotion. Number three, be compassionate. The default state for most human beings is some form of suffering. Knowing that everyone has their own trials and tribulations that they face helps me interact with them from a place of compassion. No matter what I'm shooting, if I approach individuals from a caring and human place, then I believe the shoot has been a success, even if the photos don't turn out. Number four, be fun. I mean, isn't that part of the reason we all got into photography? Because it's fun? I know I did. For trust to be present, I need to, number one, be safe. Safety is always a top priority. No photo is worth injury or worse. The humans on set always come before whatever I'm shooting. Number two, be professional. This also goes without saying, no matter what scenario I might be shooting, being professional is a key component of creating trust and having people on set put their faith in my process and my vision. Number three, be collaborative. When I have full control of a set, Everyone there has both a job to do and value to add to the shoot. Creativity can come from anyone at any time. So staying open to ideas helps me get better photos. Now that doesn't mean I'm gonna try everything that's suggested, but I aim to create an atmosphere where people are heard and feel like they are partners in the process. Number four, be generous and giving. I always want the people on set to feel like I'm on their side that I have their best interests in mind. I want the people who work with me to achieve their goals and to find success and happiness in life. So in whatever way I can, I try to contribute to those around me without any expectation of return. And then as the day goes on, I like to check in. Creating a relationship isn't a one-time event. It takes time, care, and shared experiences to build a lasting relationship. In almost all cases, the more I work with people over time, the better the relationships get, both because we get more connected and because there's a shorthand that develops that makes communication even more effective. Communication on set is one of the most important skills a photographer can develop, as each role on set works together like puzzle pieces of a greater whole. I'm often checking in with art directors to make sure that I'm hitting the mark in terms of the feeling and the concept. They can be great partners to problem solve something that just isn't working because they've been on so many sets. 
And sometimes I'll even ask them to direct the talent in cases where the camera is more of a fly on the wall rather than a character within the scene. If there's a graphic designer on set, I'll be checking in with them to make sure I have enough variety in perspective and distances so that they can create the assets required. They often have a good sense of what orientation and framing we still need to cover off. They can also be great at chatting with talent to help create those in-between moments just like the AD. Ideally, there are other creatives on set that are also experts in their field. Fashion stylists, costume designers, makeup artists, uh, movement coaches, gaffers, set designers, set decorators, prop stylists, really almost anything you can think of, there's an expert who's great at that thing. Connecting with each of them and leaning in on their expertise and making sure their needs are addressed is part of my job. Of course, I can't always have these, all of these individuals on set, but when I do, I love to get to understand what they're looking for so that I can flag things proactively as I shoot. If I'm not liking how something is looking, I'll often ask their opinion on what I'm seeing and figure out the best way to move forward. I'll also voice my thoughts on how the decisions that they're making will impact my ability to shoot a certain style or feeling. It's also good to know how they work so that the shoot can be structured in a way that both supports them and the concept. For example, hairstylists will usually want to work from the least complex hairstyle that requires the least amount of hair product to the most structured looks that requires a lot of product. Now, this isn't always possible, but figuring out the best way to work together comes from those conversations. The other invaluable creative collaborators and unsung heroes of a set are assistants. A great assistant will anticipate the needs of the photographer, keep a pulse on what the mood is on set while I'm working with talent, and will flag any issues that are occurring in a calm, professional manner. Anticipation is probably the hardest for any new assistant, as it takes getting to know the needs and quirks of a photographer. Over time, I'll usually develop a shorthand with my assistants that helps us work together effectively. Since they're so important to my success, I wanna make sure that they feel supported and set up for the day. And finally, the most important communication is with my subject or the talent. That's because it's through them that a concept comes to life. I need to communicate with them in order to get the moment and the shots that I want. Some of the approaches that I take are, number one, setting the scenario. Thinking about the shoot as a sequence of scenes or scenarios or even moments helps me to create real and unique moments. I'm not a fan of photos that feel posed, so I'd much rather give the talent a scenario to act through and move naturally with it. It also gives a deeper motivation to their movements and emotions. These can be really simple or fleshed out into full-out characters and backstories. Number two, talking them through, which is sort of like giving them a play-by-play. -play. So if setting the scene isn't enough, I'll usually follow that up by verbally directing actions that they can be taking in the scene. At this point, I'd still keep things pretty general to avoid shots that feel posed. And instead, I'd focus on the actions they are taking within the scene and see how they approach that naturally. The benefit of this technique is that I can keep my camera up to my eye and keep shooting. Number three, demonstrating. 
If my verbal directions aren't clear, or if I'm not getting what I want, I'm not afraid of showing an approximation of what I'm looking for with my own body. Now, to be clear, I know that I look ridiculous because I'm no model. So when usually when I show what I think could work, I'll get a laugh. I do find that this helps put the talent at ease as I'm willing to look silly in service of the project. The main drawback of this, of course, is that my camera is often on my side or in some other position. So if it does create a moment or emotion that I'm looking for, I may miss it. Number four, showing. If my demonstrations aren't working either, I'll bring up the mood board with shot inspo. Things that have movement or expression examples can be invaluable in terms of showing them what I'm looking for. Sometimes I'll use this technique extensively, while other times it can actually hurt the flow of the shoot, especially if those other methods are working well. Number five, evoking emotion. If it's not the expression in their body that isn't working, but their emotional range in their face, then I'll try to approach it in a different way. If they're close to where they need to be, I might just use some adjectives to either heighten or soften their facial expressions. Sometimes the emotion I'm looking for just isn't quite right. So if the talent isn't lining up with what I'm expecting or wanting, I'll usually start off with a bit of banter. Just chatting with talent about a variety of subjects can give me an idea of what buttons to press. Perhaps they love dogs or they're really into a specific TV show, or they have a silly friend. Once I have this information, I'll try to use it in a way that gets them to show these feelings. Sometimes I might work them into it slowly, while other times I might try to surprise them by bringing something up that they mentioned earlier in the day and seeing how they react. Emotions are really a challenge. I mean, each time I work with any new talent that I'm struggling with, I learn something new about how I might want to approach someone in the future. Number six, specific direction. There are times when things are flowing nicely, but could benefit from small tweaks to accentuate the feeling. In those cases, I'm happy to give specific direction. Things like look towards the light, bring your chin down, turn slightly, things like that. However, if that direction starts making things look posy, then I'll usually break and start from the top. I'm not looking for a model to be a puppet. I'm looking to collaborate with them as human beings and bring their unique personality into the shoot in some way. And all along the way, I consistently try to find ways to provide positive feedback on what they're doing. Things like, number one, positive affirmations. A regular stream of words like cool, beautiful, that's it. Number two, excitement. If I see something I love or in what they do, I'm not afraid to express it. Number three, sharing shots. Showing talent how the shots are looking is a great way of making them feel really good about the shoot. You know, I find that the more confident the talent feels, the more comfortable they will get. And as they get more comfortable, it's actually more likely that I'm gonna capture those real and unique moments that I love. So if things aren't going my way, or if I'm ever feeling stuck in getting the expression I want, the first place to look is communication and the relationship that I'm building. So here are four things you can action between now and the next episode. Number one, practice. Practice your communication. Your photography won't get better without practice and communication works the same way. You gotta practice. Number two, get connected. 
Get to know the people you work with before the shoot. See if building a relationship beforehand changes how the shoot goes. Number three, vary your approach. Think about how you direct talent to get the shot you want and try different ways of communicating your vision. Each individual you work with is unique and will respond to different techniques. Number four, start small. If you tend to be a silent shooter like I was when I started, try by starting to give your talent some regular feedback. Pick a word, it doesn't even matter what it is because it's actually how you say it is more important than the word itself. If you're stuck on which word to use, start with cool and see how that goes. The next episode is a big one. That's where we take all of your planning, communication skills, and relationship building, and they all come together, the shoot itself. Let me know your thoughts on this series so far, and if you have any questions you want me to answer on the vlogcast, head over to photoproventure.com ask and fill out the form. So between now and the next episode, try one new thing and get closer to the photographer you want to be.